0: Welcome to Chalk and Coffee, where you can grab a cup of coffee, tea, or whatever you fancy, and sit back, relax, and join our extraordinary ESL community. Here, you will meet like-minded educators, professors, and other experts in the field who are dedicated to making a difference in the lives of students and on your craft. Here's your host, Jacqueline Mallet.
1: So happy you've joined us today. In our conversation today, we've got Dr. Teresa Hernandez Gonzalez, who's here to share insights into the future of ESL teacher education. We'll delve into how Concordia University, under her visionary guidance, is harnessing cutting-edge technology like virtual reality, immersive experiences, and AI to facilitate deliberate, reflective teaching practices. Teresa is an accomplished educator, currently serving as the TESOL program director at Concordia University. She's delved into a wide range of educational domains and diverse aspects in the field, from critical pedagogy and identity, to assessment for learning, or the use of gamification in refining ESL pedagogies and fostering autonomous learning. Mentoring pre-service and in-service teachers to advocate for a more robust professionalization in the field has also been a constant in her career. Join us as we explore the new horizon of education innovation with Dr. Teresa Hernandez-Gonzalez. We're thrilled today to have Teresa with us. Um, I am so excited. I got to have a little sneak peek at uh, what was going on at Concordia University during the uh, most recent Speak Conference. And I'm hoping today to uh, share with our listeners um, all of the exciting things that are taking place at Concordia. So welcome, Teresa. Hello, Jacqueline, and I'm so happy to be with you today. Wonderful, okay. Well, we can just jump right in. Um, Our last episode um, on Chalk and Coffee was about AI in the classroom. And so this is a fantastic follow-up, I think, to uh, our previous episode. Um, would you give us a little bit of um, a description of what's happening with the virtual reality
0: project that you're working on right now? For sure, uh, we are very excited about this uh, project. Um, it was it was a, a bit of a surprise to find out that people thought it was um, important to invest in teacher education, which <laughs> is not usually the case but now we can say that Concordia is 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 taking uh, teacher education uh, seriously by investing in this project. Um, so the idea uh, behind this virtual reality uh, project came from um, something that I was uh, um, um, entertaining um, of of looking at, how other professionals develop skills in a safe environment. When we think about pilots, when we think about doctors, that they do jobs that they're very um, um, high risk. Um, and, And they don't learn those skills by flying planes with people as they are being trained. Um, So they all have simulators, also uh, doctors and nurses, they have simulators where they can train uh, um, precise skills uh, in a safe environment, because it's virtual reality, um, before they do it with actual people. However, in the teacher education programs, um, we have what we call this theory into practice model, that the students get the theory in their classes, and then they are being asked to put that into practice, but in real situations with real kids in classrooms, exactly, at the same time as they're evaluated by professionals. So it's all high risk and it's all in in an environment that if we think about it, it's not ideal for learning because learning comes from trying things. Uh, um, you, you, you 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 practice, you try it, you see what happens and you try it again. When you're teaching a classroom, you cannot stop the time, go back, try a different way, go back, evaluate it, discuss it with someone, try again. Um, that is not possible. So then we thought that's not good for learning. Um, although there is a great opportunity in internships to try out things and to grow as a professional, we thought that we needed to create Environments where students could practice skills in a safer environment that will allow repetition and what we call deliberate practice that we focus on one specific skill and we try it again, we try it again, we try again, we try again um, as a way to automatize some of the behaviors that we want to uh, to teachers to max to master before they' are in a classroom.
1: What uh, what kind of skills are you thinking about addressing
0: in it? So um, things that are very hard to um, um, to, to, to teach um, from a theoretical um, perspective, but they are key. One of the, the first scenario that we are practicing, for example, that we are piloting at this moment is uh, how to deal with someone giving you feedback on your teaching. Um, something that we think it's very important for teachers to be able to take feed, feedback in a way that will be um, uh, positive, that will be um, um, uh, taken with 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 uh, yeah, with a positive uh, attitude, but also with um, um, uh, with an attitude of um, investigating, of expanding. I'm like, huh, that's interesting. What else? What else could I do? Um, And and always considering the people around you as their goal is to help you. Um, When we put that into a grade, then we're dealing with two different um, 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 objectives, let's say. Mm -hmm. One is what I call the coach hat and then the judge. A hat and uh, in teaching, I think, it, which is something very interesting, that in, in teacher education, we are we are in the in 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 if it's not the only profession where we are being asked to be a coach and a judge at the same time. In know, in any other profession, if you have a coach that is helping you, it's not the person that is going to evaluate you. Yeah, and to ask a human being to be a coach and a judge at the same time. To me, it's actually not possible. Uh, But but as teachers, we're always being asked to do that. So if we could create an environment where we can separate that, let me create an environment where we are just looking at specific skills and help you to develop those skills where I can only worry about being your coach and not your judge. Um, Then we can create environments that I think are more embracing of the type of learning that we want to that we want to do
1: so is this going to take place before the students arrive in a classroom setting that's what's happening or that's what's
0: being planned that that's the idea um but if we depending on the type of um um, skills that we that we want to develop because now we are at the beginning of this project but if we can if we can come up with other type of scenarios sometimes it's very good for students to have Um, um, experiencing teaching a little bit, and then go and move and look at a specific skill. Sometimes we're not able to look at specific things if we haven't had some kind of like general experience in the world. Um, Like for example, it will be very hard for someone to develop the ability to give instructions if they've never been in front of a class and tried to give instructions because it will be too theoretical, too up in the air Uh, But when you have tried first to give instructions and then you go like, okay, let's now let's break it into different aspects and what good instructions look like and what are the different steps and what are the elements and what are the things that you can do. Then it's easier when you have something to anchor those uh, reflections in some some memories that have been accumulated already. So it could be either before, but it could also be at the same time as they are having the other experiences in the classroom.
1: So what's the what would be the difference between this type of a project and using, for example, video um, in my classroom when I'm in a teaching setting? because mm-hmm. I've, I've videoed myself for different reasons. And then I go back and I look at it, not for any evaluation purpose, but I, I become very critical of what I'm seeing. And I, I go, oh, maybe I should be waiting a little longer when I ask a question, or um, I, I tend to always direct my attention to one side of the class, or hmm, I only picked, uh, you know, four kids today to, you know, all those kind of reflections that happen in video, what's, what would the, the project be bringing that's
0: different from using video in the classroom? That's great. That's a that's a a great question. And I think the question is not how is this different, but how is this adding to what's being done? We also have video observation in in our program. So students, we videotape them while they're doing one of the practical experiences in the program. And I think there is great um, opportunities for learning and looking at yourself while you are teaching, as you were mentioning. However, um, when you are when if we have the the, the experience of uh, looking at yourself um, in a video, um, there is a different um, type of learning that when you can have one specific skills that you try. And then you retake, and then you go back and try again, and then you go back and try again. When you videotape yourself in the classroom and you're teaching a real class, you don't have the opportunity to say, wait a second, I think I could have done a better job with those instructions. Let me just go back and start from the beginning. I see. So Um, so it's more about practice exactly it's okay. about deliberate practice. Mm-hmm. It's about the repetition that is required to develop certain skills um, and also the reflection that goes to why did I do this and not something else And after the reflection to try again. So the project that we are doing with uh, virtual reality, the name is let's try this again I and the it. name yeah and the name tries to capture the idea yeah. of, learning comes from repetition, but not just repetition, but reflective repetition. So you try something, you analyze the choices that you made, and then you come back and do it again. And then you reflect again, and then you do it again. And then you reflect again, and you do it again. And that I also- love it. Yeah, right? It sounds uh, a
1: lot like the um, a, a complete embodiment of a growth mindset, you know, where where it's okay there's lots of opportunities to redo and retake
0: and try again that's it that's it it's because we embrace that mentality and i'm a big fan of uh uh, growth mentality and the idea that our brains can be changed by by uh, repeating things over and over and that is the required process uh, of learning repetition um, and and so then uh, also um, when t- some uh, one other element that it's important in our project is that the idea that um, when you are in reality um, as, as mammals, there's some um, geographical understanding and knowledge that also informs how we capture memories. And when we are looking at a video, the idea that we are not being part of that geographical space that we are creates that memory to be stored differently in our brains. So when we embark ourselves in virtual reality, the, the idea that you're putting a a, a headset and you're, you are physically part of that, of that space, you can go around. And even though you think it's not, you know, it's not real, um, but your brain Uh, the way that we store our memories will be different because it has geographical knowledge, it has space. Uh, um, uh, um, information added to that um, to that experience our students when they go through the uh, pilot scenario that we've uh, that we've um, developed um, they give us very interesting comments about how they they actually forget that it's not real like there is a table and then they try to put something on the table or they you know they look around and they feel like the leaves are moving and so they they get that that spatial um, information um, that I think is very important, at accumulating memories that then you can retrieve when you are in a real situation as well.
1: So how will how are you going to create this? How is virtual reality going to be playing into the idea of practicing teaching in the classroom? How does that work?
0: What does it look like? Yay. Um, so we are going, we're moving to phase two, which is the big question. That question that you just uh, that that you just phrased is exactly what we are trying to um um to to articulate now. So um we know that we have we have an, a, a great idea in front of us, but how is that going to materialize in a teacher education? We need to explore that. Virtual reality is very expensive. Um, um, So we have to come up with uh, technologies that would allow us the immersive experience, uh, but will also be somehow quick and cheap to develop. Um, So we have we are toying with some ideas with video 360 with, uh, you know, with other things. We are training people in the use of Unity software software. um, um um platform for developing worlds um so we are we are trying to explore different ideas to see what we can come up with we also would like to create um to use this not not only um with a behavioralist um approach of training people to behave in a certain way but to try to change the narrative in in teacher education as well of you know like certain uh, uh, movies or certain, you know, pieces of art have uh, transformed the way people see things. We are trying to dream big and and imagine that this is also going to change the way we see education. Uh, being, um, we are trying to embrace the idea of uh, uh, joyful resilience. So it's not only about being resilient; it's about enjoying that trying again trying again trying again that we see in many other professions you know we see all those um, athletes that they go competition after competition and they might not get a medal but they're like but i did my best and tomorrow i'm going to train again so trying to to bring that idea of like there's beauty and there's joy in the trying um so trying doesn't have to be like oh my god i need to try again it can be like let's try again we can do this so trying to bring that new narrative in 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 teacher education of the joy of the trying again
1: i i can only imagine how important that's going to be for new teachers embarking into a career that that is challenging at the beginning yes. you know i'm i'm yeah. doing a lot of reading right now and and i'm reading about attrition rates in the first 5 years when our teachers are novice and maybe the mentorship programs in the schools aren't in place yet and and it's tough for these new teachers to be mm-hmm. embarking on uh, this profession and their adventures in teaching without that sense of I have to try again and it's okay to mm-hmm. try again mm-hmm. I can see this being something that's offered you know for ongoing education in teaching as well, not just for yeah. your teachers who are pre-service, yeah. but you know, and in preparing them, but for teachers who are in the classroom and facing different clientele and different teaching situations that are challenging
0: for even the most experienced of us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's right. I I'd see that happening as well. And we're all very um, concerned about the attrition rate in teachers um, but when we look at the reality of how uh, the, the induction process, how people become uh, teachers, it only makes sense to me. If we were to think of like pilots or doctors, for example, to go into their profession um, for teachers, they, they you know, first society has this idea that, it, you know, that, that you just need to love kids to be a teacher. There's not, you know, you don't need to know much to be a good teacher, which is so wrong. Um, um and 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 because it's a technique it's, it's it's art and technique it's very difficult to be a good teacher as you as a great teacher know <laughs> um and um but then do you do you you know you go into university and you come to the university with that idea that teaching is not that difficult and then you face those internships that uh people say that the teaching for profession if it is one of those of, of of swim and swim or sink type of professions you're being thrown and unless you are able to swim then you sink like those are the only two options um and then it's it's very hard to ask for someone to try again and try again and try again when failing means um um, that you are um um creating an environment in your class that is not conducive to learning, that you see your students reacting to your teaching, that you see your students are not improving, that you see your parents complaining, you see colleagues that are not helpful. You know, failing is very painful in the Mm -hmm. teaching profession. It's a big, it's Um, big. Exactly. It's, it's, it's hard for society, hard for everyone, but it's very hard emotionally taxing for the, the teacher. So to ask a human being, to try again um when 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 that comes after a failing that can be very very emotionally and not emotionally and in all levels um so hard um and usually new teachers get the worst classes the the classes that are the the most difficult ones Mm -hmm. um they they start our salary that is a joke um so then people are like why, why am I trying this? If, you know, I, yeah, I want to teach, I would love to be a teacher, but if this requires so much of me that my, you know, I need to work during the weekends, uh, I cannot stop thinking about those two kids that I had that conversation with, or, you know, it's, 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 it's it's very difficult. And unless society changes the way they see uh teaching and they value how important is what we do um it's going to be hard to keep uh um, good people in in the profession Um, with a program
1: what with a program like this though i can see it definitely being a support system for for everybody
0: yeah hopefully.
1: what specific skills are you looking to address or or Mm -hmm. hope to work on with the teachers in in the um,
0: virtual reality so initially we thought about um, social and emotional skills as our first target Um, you know when you're having um, a a power play for example with a student a student that is uh, um um Contesting something that you said in the class, um, but then you know after that we can try any any other type of a skill. Like I said, like giving instructions that it's key as well. Um, but even you know organizing group work um, or, or working with other colleagues. Um, we are envisioning it maybe, you know, like we have this big school and depending on where you go in the school, you have in different classroom, different challenges to do. Um, we can dream big and even think about, um, um learning how different seat arrangements can be, Uh, can can be conducive of different uh, uh, teaching environments. And if this is virtual reality, it will be as easy as just moving pieces in your classroom and just see how will that affect the way that yeah I mean that's the that's the beauty of virtual reality that there's everything is possible right because it's not reality so we could have the students I think there is a difference between as a professor when I'm in a classroom and I tell the students so you have your you can have your students working in fours or you can have a u-shape type of classroom or you can have them in rows imagine if they could just put the goggles and they place those things in, you know, the tables in different places. And then we can talk about what are the consequences between putting uh, students in groups in homogeneous groupings according to, to their levels or hetero, uh, um, homogeneous, heterogeneous uh, grouping. Um, you can have so many conversations that you cannot do in a real classroom. You cannot walk in and be like, okay, students, today we're going to work on um, moving the tables in the classroom. We're not going to do any teaching today. I'm just going to be moving you to different grouping systems and see how you react. Doesn't work. (laughs) Exactly. That's not possible. Nobody has time. We we don't have time. Um, And even filming and then bringing that into the class and seeing, it would still feel more unreal that yeah. if you are in a virtual reality and you do it and this is what artificial intelligence comes in because imagine if we could have machines building the the answers you know the the the, the consequences of the of the uh, of the of the actions that we do in this artificial world Um, It will never be the same as humans, but it can give us a a huge repertoire of possible answers. And then we can build the skills of how a teacher will react to those answers. But also, if there is a way to be proactive, which is more important, if you didn't want that answer, what are the things that you could have done before? And you can just rewind, Wow, which you cannot do in the real world, right? Try it
1: again. Different options, different reactions. It allows for so much more reflective teaching
0: That's because the thing.
1: you can be in your classroom and you can be teaching, and you can sit down once your kids have left the classroom and think about what worked and what didn't. But you're you're not you're not going to get all of those little nuances. You're going to forget. You're going to f- remember the big the big moments in the class, but not all those little micro moments where you could have made different choices that's right it's fascinating and if you
0: could what you what you're living in within your goggles if you could record it and then analyze that video you see what you did right here it's still you yourself doing it in that but you can go back and be like what were you thinking at that point what were the other alternatives okay so now we are going to try again and now you're going to try the other alternative that you thought of and it's exactly the same situation exactly the same actors but now you're going to do something different so that you can see how the context will change when you do different things and the whole point is that at the end you accumulate memories of yourself doing the most uh a positive or the most effective action that you can come up with um because you know when we are teaching you know, you're being taught what you are supposed to do theoretically in your classes but then when you are in front of a class you go back to the memories that are stored in your in your in your head which is usually
1: from what you've been taught how you've exactly. been taught previously you know exactly. we all teach
0: how we were taught unless you've had all of these other lived experiences Exactly. So the idea is to accumulate an important amount of lived lived experiences that are being controlled and reviewed and analyzed and tried again. So then you have that accumulation of memories that then you can retrieve when they're needed. It's it's magic.
1: (laughs) You're doing magic over there.
0: Let's (laughs) Let's hope so. (laughs) That's
1: fantastic. And so is there a timeline for when the students are going to be able to start to play with this try it out yeah. see how it's yeah we've, we've
0: been we've been sharing our pilot uh uh scenario with different universities during this last year during 2023 and now in 2024 we want to start developing what it is that we want to do now this phase two which is very ambitious and we want to have a, a, a network with people universities um, you will be probably part of it as well. Um, just to say, and yeah. and uh, uh, so then, so then we will be uh, developing things and testing things and running things. We want to create a loop of producing, testing, producing, testing in a in a um, um, in a loop process that can give results quickly, and we can redo and redraft uh, quickly. So we are hoping to do that um, in in twenty twenty four. Um, but at the same time, you know, we are also having fun with it. So we don't have to, to, you know, to, to complete and then be done with something. It's a long-term process. It's a, it's a dream and we are just aiming for it.
1: And, and it, it makes me think my husband is a recently retired pilot. And so Ooh. when you, yes. So when you brought up that whole idea of uh, the simulator, I've, yes. I've watched him and he, you know, would study every six months, you know, before he would be going into the simulator, he would be practicing. And um, at one point, I remember, our bathroom had uh, big posters all around and he would sit in the bathroom and, you know, visualize what was all the possible scenarios that were going to be thrown at him in the plane. And this is something that goes on. It's an ongoing process. These pilots are doing this, every six months, they are retraining and refreshing. And I can only see how this would be such a positive thing for all teaching, not just new teachers who are entering and being in that situation where they're in conflict with an evaluator and a coach, like you were saying, having that sort of conflict That's of like interest things. almost. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um and but but for for other teachers as well, uh it being just this great tool mm-hmm. for yeah.
0: teaching, period. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it. Exploring your own um um traits, your own tendencies and questioning why I react like that and why not. Um because sometimes it's about being exposed to different options and you're like, hey, I didn't know I could do that. Let me try.
1: It's fantastic. Well, good luck with this project.
0: And I will yes. be watching
1: closely and we'll have yeah. you back on uh, again in 2024 when there's some more
0: work being done and, yes. and you'll give us some more feedback, I hope. That will be fantastic. And we will involve you as a, as, a, as an informant. Ah, maybe, absolutely. You know, yeah, because it will be great to have you on. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Teresa.
1: Thank you, Jacqueline. As we wrap up today's episode, we'd like to express our deep gratitude to Speak for their invaluable support. Their commitment to ESL communities around the globe, but particularly in Quebec, has been instrumental in shaping the conversations we get to have here on Chop & Coffee. It's through partnerships like these that we are able to explore ESL teaching. We're immensely grateful to speak for championing advancements in language education and for their unwavering support of our podcast. Stay tuned for our next insightful episode where we continue to unpack the exciting possibilities of continuing teacher education with Dr. Philippa Parks, board member from the Canadian Association of Second Language Teachers.
0: Thanks for listening to Chalk and Coffee. If you've been enjoying the podcasts, hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. Join us on Instagram at chalk.n.coffee or continue the conversation on Twitter using the hashtag chalk.n.coffee. Until next time, teach with all your heart and a little coffee.